you're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning. Welcome to Hour 2 Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Manelski on the line with you this morning on the air uh, from beautiful Wasika, Minnesota. Had some great conversations in the first half of the show with uh, Emily from the Equal Rights Institute, Emily Albrecht, and uh, then Eric Pennick from Cathedral Craft Studio in uh, the, the world capital of stained glass, uh, Winona, Minnesota. For the second half of the show, uh, we'll be talking to, uh, towards the end of the show, we'll be talking to uh, people from Star of the North Maternity Home up in northern Minnesota. We'll also be talking to Beverly Everett of the Bismarck Mandan uh, Symphony Orchestra. But first, a familiar voice on the uh, on the air with us this morning, Father Jason Kern. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. How are you today? Good, good. How have you been? I'm doing great. Doing great. Yep. Awesome. So for those of our listeners who might not have caught you on the air before, uh, Father Jason Kern is the Director of Vocations for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And there are some retreat weekends coming up at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary there in uh, Winona that we'll talk about uh, in the second half of the show here. Uh, but first, uh, since uh, you are the vocations director, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time, uh, but, but uh, could you tell us about your vocation story, your journey to the priesthood? Sure I can, yes. So, uh, you know, as vocations director, yeah, I get to go around and talk about vocations and promoting vocations and just encouraging people to consider what is God's plan? What is His will for your life? And so, uh, but all of us have that journey, whether we know the exact ways that we've seen God's hand in it, or whether we've just kind of realized later in our life, like, oh, God really did work and blessed my life to bring about so much good. Um, but my own journey started. I grew up in southern Minnesota, a city Oatana, um, and I am from Catholic Church there, St. Joseph's Parish. You know, we kind of were Sunday Mass Catholics. We learned our prayers. We did all the things. Um, you know, just kind of as normal Catholic life. I wouldn't consider us like a super strong or, you know, really into our faith all the time, but we were were regular, and uh, God used that. He used that regularity to kind of invite me to a deeper call. I always kind of had this sense of the importance of God and desiring to be closer to Him, and uh, what really, though, kind of transformed my life or really kind of shook me was my mom was diagnosed when I was in eighth or later eighth, ninth grade, uh, with a rare liver disease, and that was the first time I started to really kind of ask deeper questions, the meaning of life type questions, right? Like, where am I going? What am I doing? Why is, you know, why why did this happen? Suffering, you know, what is all this? And so I started to search uh, more deeply for the, for the truth, for who God is and where He is present. And, uh, you know, one specific moment, I remember kneeling down at my bedside, for instance, and I just prayed, God, please take care of my family. And I, for the first time in my life that I remember, I felt this sort of peace come over my heart, where I was mm. like, I know no matter what happens, even if mom dies, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. And, uh, and so I started to learn to trust God that way, and got involved in the youth group there and started to get more involved in my faith and kind of started witnessing to it or growing in deeper desire of, uh, with God and, and relating to Him more and with, with kind of good friends that supported me in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, kind of end of my high school year, I was I was dating a gal for quite a while, for two and a half years through the end of high school. 
and and so I, you know, I kind of had convinced myself that I, you know, even though I occasionally thought about being a priest, or people would say to me, you know, you'd make a good priest. And I was like, <laughs> you know, no, thank you. Um, and, and, and I wanted to teach and do other things. So, but mm. um, at the end of my senior year, I went to a year of college, and during that year, uh, my girlfriend and I broke up, and I just felt this conviction. My mom's health had been up and down over those years. And I just felt this need for something more in my life. And uh, and ultimately, I knew that more was God. I just didn't know how to do it and what it meant to be a priest even. I reached out to a priest that I had gotten to know, and he kind of talked me through it. I told him every reason why I didn't think it was for me, you know. And he said, well, it's not about you. It's about <laughs> if God's calling you, and he right. he'll do this through you if he is. And that was kind of a big moment of like, okay, i got to give this a try, and entered seminary. And the journey's just been really incredible since then. I mean, obviously there's ups and downs with every journey. You have your struggles, the questions you're asking yourself. But ultimately, I just had just such a clarity that God was like, yep, this is peace. This is where I want you and uh, where I'm calling you. And and it wasn't perfect, um, but it was uh, an opportunity for me just to keep giving myself to Him and to really convert my heart. I had a lot of conversion that needed to happen. A lot of that had to take place in seminary, you know, even though you think seminarians are just, just you know, learning enough, and then they're going to be priests. So really, there's so much formation that goes on in seminaries to, to help me and others grow in the freedom we need to really live for God and serve Him in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, you talked about some of those questions, you know, those bigger questions about life, those kind of philosophical questions that kind of put you on that road. Uh, to getting more serious about your faith and discerning uh, a call to the priesthood in the end. But what what are some of those questions specifically related to uh, discerning that call to the priesthood that came up through that discernment process for you? Yeah, and, you know, everybody has their own kind of struggle or things they're wrestling with. For me, it was really just that question of, first of all, how do I know if I'm called? You know, that kind of question of what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And, and really... Uh, I would describe my own journey. Some have a more clear articulation of a call to the priesthood. My own journey was just a call to God. Like, I just felt like I needed to give myself mm. to Him more, and that nothing in this life would satisfy. I knew that I was just kind of meant for more, quote-unquote, you know, to say a phrase. Mm-hmm. But it just it just felt like I was being drawn to something beyond this world, and I knew that God was the only thing that could satisfy my heart. And so mm. I, I, in that search, I, I had to ask the question of, so is that priesthood, right? And that's often how we say, we talk about the, the call to either religious life or to priesthood is it's a call from God. It's a supernatural call that's beyond the natural call, which is a beautiful call to marriage, right? It's, mm-hmm. so it's something that extends beyond that it's as directly from God, where He is sort of authoring in our hearts this desire to give ourselves to Him exclusively or completely in a, in a sort of uh, uh, final way where we say that I'm meant to, to be a sign uh, to heaven of how we're all going to be united with him. I meant to live that way and to give up and sacrifice the good of marriage. So that was a sort of wrestling point. I told my spiritual director when I entered seminary, like, you know, Monsignor Don Schmitz from Rochester, and just a good, humble priest. He's gone to God now. And uh, and he just, I told him, like, Monsignor, I think I'm like 60% still desiring marriage and maybe 40% priesthood. I don't know. And he's like, well, ask God to reveal the desire that he wants for you. Uh, and where he's leading you. And I did that. I just kind of started praying for God to reveal more clearly uh, what is his will for me. And it just became more and more manifest that even though I saw marriage as a beautiful thing and something I desired, 
I, I started to see more clearly that actually God was continuing to put priesthood into my heart and really lead me there. So it gave me the freedom, even though I was afraid that I'd fail or that I wasn't good enough um, or that somehow I would, you know, um, just, you know, not live up to the standard, whatever that meant in my mind. Um, I, I just continued to say, well, but if God's calling me, he has to do this in me. And so there was that struggle, that, that question. But at the same time, I just continued to see God at work in it. And then our former bishop, Bishop Harrington, used to always say, if you have peace, then follow it, you know. And uh, and that was something I, try, I tried to do, is to trust that God is working and that I could be at peace uh, with what he was calling me to in that time. Absolutely. Uh, so you kind of mentioned some of the... Uh like you said, the fears that came up for you of, am I worthy? Am I, am I good enough? Is this, you know, um, what other kind of fears or, or questions maybe is a better way to put it? Uh, do young people have when they discerning the priesthood or religious life and how do they, how should they kind of look at those? Yeah. I think a big one today, Nick, is that people are afraid of making the wrong choice. Mm. <laughs> they think because there's the internet and they have a million options in front of them every single day, that they have to have all those options figured out before they can ever choose one thing. And that's just an unrealistic expectation. It puts way yeah. too much pressure on themselves to kind of analyze and think about and, and you know, kind of get all this data input before they can ever move forward. <laughs> right. It's paralyzing. And so what they, what we say is actually what we need to do is, is just follow where you're grow where you're planted kind of thing, right? If God is calling you to be a Dawson priest, Start there, you know, if you think that might be a possibility, and if he's leading you to a specific religious community, then go there. Or sometimes you grow up around a religious community, and that might be a place where you start, and then, oh, no, you know what, it is actually the Austin priesthood. Um, and so th- these are kind of the realities um, that young people have to kind of sort through, but the, the best way is to say, you know, whenever there's fear, questions, doubts, don't just isolate, t- talk to a vocation director, Get out and talk to your pastor and start uh, sorting through these things. Pray through them. Don't 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 wallow in the in the fear because fear is not of God, right? So we want to move right. to a place where we can articulate, you know, what's going on in our hearts, and then share those things with uh, with those who can kind of give us counsel and and feedback on where we're at. So yeah, those are kind of the movements that happen for guys. There's a lot of other things that we could talk about, like fear of a better option, um, fear of making the wrong choice. You know, these kinds of things. But all, all of these questions are the natural human questions that say, am I, am I good enough, and can I do it? How is God going to use me? Um, and, and so we have to then go to God and let Him just teach us through His loving grace that He's at work and that we can walk with Him in faith. So, yeah, those are kinds of things. Father Jason Kern joining me on the phone this morning instead of, you know, co-hosting, which, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, you'll have the time to get back to do that again uh, sometime soon because yeah. uh, we always have a fun time over there at St. James when we, uh, we, we host together. Um, stick with us through the break. After the break, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, kind of specific ways uh, that you can go about discerning a vocation to the priesthood or religious life or, or what vocation uh, God is calling you to. Stay tuned. Live. Engaging and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. 
symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And hello again, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Podelsky and wonderful Wasika uh, on the air with you this morning. So happy to be here. And uh, also joining me on air is Father Jason Kern. Like I said, you probably recognize his voice. We've uh, had him before as a co-host at St. James Coffee. Um, but uh, we were talking, this is kind of, you know, a little bit of crunch time for vocations directors and just the way the schedule worked out. Uh, he will be co-hosting again, you know, uh, in the future. So I didn't want anyone to get worried hearing you on the phone instead of co-hosting. But uh, Father Jason will be co-hosting again uh, in the future. But right now, uh, we're talking about some specific upcoming retreat weekends at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary um, and talking about just vocations in general, especially with Lent coming up, you know, kind of a good time to to pray on things like that. Um, it's kind of a time that naturally gives itself to more introspection and prayer and reflection. So um, it's a good time to be talking about uh, discerning your vocation in life. Um, so uh, I know we kind of uh, talked about it kind of in, in broad strokes uh, before the break, but what are some ways that uh, people can go about discerning a vocation? What are kind of some specific steps, things they can do uh, that would help them discern that a little better? You know, and often um, people say, what can we do to support vocations and things like that? And, and, and it all comes back to one reality, Nick. It's, will we spend time on our knees before the Lord? Will we grow in communion with God? Will we give ourselves to Him in love and recognize how much our lives are tied up in the mystery of God's love for the world? Right? We think that it's about doing or acting and proving how good I am or, you know, kind of serving God in some manifest way. 
and certainly love our neighbors, you know, like we're called to that. Right. But if we don't start with love of God and letting our hearts be convicted of God's love for me, receiving His love in my life, well, then we don't have a foundation to build upon. And so it's about Christ. It's about being a disciple of Jesus, being caught up in, in walking with Him and loving Him. And when we do that, then we can follow after what He's calling us to. Right? And, and in fact, in Mark 3, it says that when Jesus calls the Twelve Apostles, it says He called to Himself those whom He wanted. And that's mm. the reality. The first thing He did is He called them up the mountain to Himself, uh, and, and to be intimate with Him, to be with Him. And then once they knew Him, then He could send them on missions. The word apostle means to be sent out, right? Mm-hmm. So it is only first in being with Jesus that then we can know the call that God gives to our lives. And that's true of every vocation. It's, it's just it's true of every walk of life. If we're going to be faithful, it means that we have a foundation rooted in Christ in prayer that allows us to then uh, share what we have received from God. So that'd be where I start. And then from there, you know, you develop that question in your heart of, is God calling me to this? And, and really then that's where you need to reach out for help. Is You can't discern alone. Uh, that we're not meant to be alone in Christian community. So we have to talk to those whom we trust, those who we think can be good spiritual guides. Be open, you know, if you're a young person, to be open with your parents is a risk, right? And now, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we don't we don't have families that are necessarily going to support vocations. I've had right. parents say to their children, well, you're not going to be happy. Why? We just want, don't you want to be happy? Or we want grandkids, those kinds mm. of lines. Right. And that's, quite honestly, it's tragic. It's a tragic response to someone saying, I want to do the will of God. I feel like he might be calling me to something great and beautiful. And, and they don't see the fruitfulness uh, that comes from right. a life lived in Christ. So that's where uh, they have to find a true spiritual guide who can assist them and say, what is God's will for you? How do you discern through the pressures of society, the pressures of your, even your family life, of saying, is this what God wants for me? Uh, and so that's where vocations directors step into that dynamism often with a young person who is discerning and just journeys with them. You know, I, like, I never want to put pressure on a guy. I'm not a, I'm not a military recruiter who says, I'm just going to get you in or something like that. <laughs> right. I, I, am, I am very much here to say, I want what God wants for you, and so let's discern that together. And if I don't feel like you're a suitable candidate, then I have the duty to respond to that and say, you know what, there's some real things that need to be worked on here before mm. you're free to enter. Uh, but normally we say, okay, well, how can we do that? How can we walk together? How can we build up your prayer life? How can we encourage you? to seek, uh, you know, this reality that's to get help here. Maybe it's psychological aid. Maybe you just need to continue to grow uh, in some kind of freedom or maturity, different things like that, that uh, the vocation director will kind of, you know, peg as saying, this is where we want to see you continue to grow. But it's ultimately meant to help the man to become more free so that he can what, access the formation that's ahead of him in seminary and then mm. continue to discern, is this the right path for me as I'm called to, to the priesthood or not? So, yeah, that's kind of the basics, um, but a lot of that is really meant to help the, the man in his own journey, not to try to put pressure or to tell him that he's got to do this because God's calling him to, you know, this is the great way or some, you know, some kind of uh, propaganda or something. It's really meant to be a journey of friendship and discipleship with the Lord and helping him to live that way. Right, absolutely. No one's uh, Father Jason isn't out there trying to, you know, kidnap guys and, and get them ordained on the side. So they, they can't escape, right. right? It's it's very much a right. a process, and and like you said, you know, it's a it's a mutual process of 
making sure that someone is 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 called right that they're you know or what things might be holding them back uh that they wouldn't be able to really uh participate like you said in the formation and things like that uh so it's very much yeah. a, a process of mutual discernment right the church making sure a candidate is uh would would fit as a priest and also the individual that that individual looks at that that role as a priest that role within the church and make sure that it's it's a fit uh, that they're being called as well so um it is a mutual process there um coming up shortly there are some uh retreats at uh, immaculate heart of mary seminary could you tell our listeners a little bit about those yeah so it's really um, we call them retreats it's kind of almost more of like a come and see type of experience Mm. Uh, you know, kind of an in- informational type of weekend. They're targeted a little bit at younger crowds, you know, more of kind of a high school age. We do have one, you know, a few college guys that come to those, but because they already kind of have sort of a college experience, uh, they, they they more just need to say, what is the seminary life like? So we don't always have a lot of college guys there, but we do have some. But mm. the reality is, is we get guys from the different sending dioceses, so vocation directors will organize a group or sometimes pastors We'll organize a group from ascending diocese, and they'll they'll have um, sometimes with a chaperone come on over to IHM for the weekend, and then they they'll often come because they're traveling from distance on Friday night. We really start the weekend uh, on Saturday, and mm. then we have a time where the guys get to know seminarians. They, get, they we have a host group of seminarians that kind of give their vocation story. Uh, they get to meet the rector. He talks about what is IHM Seminary, both a house of discernment, discerning is this in fact what God is calling me to but also a house of formation where there we said the man is being formed, and so he has to come with an open, a transparent heart, ready to grow, ready to be challenged and encouraged uh, mm-hmm. through the areas of growth. And then uh, and, and then from there they kind of have some time to have fun. Uh, we play, you know, if it's nicer weather in the fall, they'll often play football or ultimate frisbee. Uh, they'll go over to the gym and play basketball at the campus because we're right at St. Mary's University campus. Our right. seminary is located there. And then, um, otherwise, there's uh, they'll watch a movie in the evening once in a while. They'll do some fun things like that. But then there's a, a holy hour, time of prayer with the seminarian community, community, and then they get to eat dinner and spend some time just being around the guys, talking with them, getting to know the life a little bit. Sunday morning they have mass together and morning prayer. When, you know, it's uh, on the on the evenings it's chanted evening prayer and mass, and so it's a good you get a good Beautiful. feel for kind of what the beauty and the liturgy can be. and um, So, yeah, I think the guys, you know, it's always a lot of fun. It's always a very both relaxed but also kind of that intentional time of just exploring and saying, is this something I could see myself as? You get to meet seminarians where you're like, huh, they're not abnormal people, <laughs> most of them. You know, <laughs> they're good guys and they're, they're fun and relatable and, and uh, are all on their own journey just like I'm on a journey. And so it helps the man kind of access, like, can I, do I fit here? Is this what God is asking of me? Uh, and then often the guys will stay on Sunday and stay through Monday morning. And Sunday night they'll have time with the diocese that they're attending with, and they'll get to go out to dinner in town or, you know, just kind of have a, ca- a casual evening. And then nice. uh, that night is night, a beautiful night prayer, which is very solemn and uh, kind of very prayerful experience for the guys, adoration before that. And then... Um, Monday morning, if they're especially if they're in high school, they'll get a, go to the, one of the classes, and uh, and at the classes they just discover kind of what campus life is like, what kind of classes the seminarians are attending, what that's like, just to gain a you know the overall flavor of, of what life is like here. Uh, and so yeah, that's kind of the overall um, 
trajectory of the weekend. The weekends are March uh, 11th. Let me get the dates to make sure I'm not wrong here. So if you come on Friday, March 11th through the, th- the 13th, 14th, and the weekend of the 19th, 2021st. So it's those back-to-back weekends. The reason we do two is just because we had so many guys coming that we needed a second weekend, and so we just do back-to-back weekends in March. Um, and so if you need more information on that, you can reach out directly to me at my email address, jkern at dowr.org, diocese of Winona, Rochester.org. Uh, and then uh, we usually work with a local diocese to have them work through their vocation director to have guys mm. come. But we'd be happy to arrange with anybody uh, those details. And so jkern at dowr.org for more details. And I will send you the pamphlet and the flyer information, etc. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you mentioned uh, sending diocese earlier. I was just curious, which uh, which diocese send uh, guys to IHM? Yeah, so it's it's a whole slew of them, and um, and basically it's uh, all the Minnesota ones. Uh, nobody at the archdiocese right now because they have their own college seminary. Right. We have Crookston, Duluth. Um, you know, nobody from New Orleans they, they send to the, the archdiocese as well. But then Milwaukee, mm. Cheyenne, Wyoming, we have a guy. Wow. We have uh, Gary, Indiana, Green Bay, La Crosse, Madison, Marquette, Peoria, Illinois, Rapid City, um, Sioux Falls, Sioux City. So it's a, it's like 16, 17, 18 dioceses. If I missed anybody there, I'm sorry. But uh, um, St. Cloud sends here. So yeah, it's a great, it's a great crew, and um, we have about 55 guys from those different dioceses, and uh, and just a, a blessed house. You know, just really in, engaged young men who are seeking God's will in their lives and trying to grow in holiness. And fight through the struggles of their days, but it's it's a beautiful community. Awesome, awesome, and that that's uh, really cool too because that covers most of our uh, most of our listening area as well. Most of the dioceses yeah. within our listening area are sending guys there to IHM, so it's kind of relevant uh, to all of our listeners throughout the uh, throughout the network. So, absolutely, yeah, and, and you know, it's uh, IHM seminary the rector, vice rector, uh, director of spiritual life, and myself are the four priest faculty. They just you know give generously to these men and help form them to be future priests. They're college level, so they're young, but they're growing. They're ready to engage uh, the Lord and in, in, in formation in a way that's really uh, it's really exciting for the future of the church. Uh, what these guys are getting and receiving, they're not perfect. They have a lot to work on, but they're on the path to holiness and to, to generosity to service for others. So uh, keep them in prayer. It's a great gift to serve them. Awesome. Well, praise God. That's wonderful news to hear. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, uh, Father, uh, on Real Presence Live. After the break, stay tuned. We'll talk a little bit about classical music and why it's important for our youth. Stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 